everyone, and welcome back to uh, Six Feet Under to our Shadow Feet to our Shadow of the Demon Lord campaign. Today, I'm joined by Draco. Hello. Uh, by Gnome. Hi. Uh, by Riley. Hello, hello. Uh, by Thyle. And by Yao. Hello. Arden is currently absent, uh, so Claude will not be present for this particular adventure. Oh, I say adventures. You know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yes, uh, last time, you, your party had just fi- just managed to resolve a small problem. Uh, you had just, uh, just helped uh, the Academy uh, doctor, uh, I her name was Kelda, uh, Kelda Efferent, uh, cover up uh, her, a mistake, or just a, a thing that has generally gone horribly wrong in exchange for a bribe, uh, and you were approved to have your treatment. That, I believe that was going to happen immediately after the end of last time, so I should probably take a moment to actually talk talk about what that entails. Yeah. I think I went over it to everybody else here, uh, but no, I, I didn't be very, I wasn't very specific, so I should really get into the grisly details, just so, you know, everybody knows what's going on. Let's describe exactly how it goes for the sake of posterity. So, you are strapped down, you are strapped to a table, given anesthesia, and the connection between your body and soul is fortified by a process called anima stapling, which practically involves several probes being inserted into your body and then being subject to intense bursts of energy. Uh, this is only the beginning. After this, it is drawn partially out of your body, uh, your soul, I mean to say, using a specialized pneumatic condenser, compressed into a fraction of its normal size using a series of silver plates, souls, it is widely known, cannot pass through silver, and then physically examined, with imperfections and growths being removed, physically removed using an energy field. Uh, this will leave you fatigued and impaired for the next 24 hours. Uh, you feel terrible. You feel like your brain has been cut up, because it kind of has, a little bit. Great! Your body aches. Your mind, your head vaguely throbs. Uh, you don't feel any better, although the doctors assure you that you are a little bit better. Following that, uh, you have been unceremoniously uh, deposited back into sort of a recovery room slash, uh, it's, more, it's probably more like a just a general kind of uh, room for people coming and going for like temporary visits to the academy. It's like a kind of a, just a little lobby area where you have been, uh, Discharged, uh, you are. T- you have been told uh, that you are to go home until until like uh, you feel better, and then you'll come back for further instruction. Uh, so this session is going to be a bit more free from the previous. I'm going to give everybody a chance to kind of show what their characters uh, might do on their own time when they're not following like uh, the strict direction of uh, the academy or the pursuit of curing this disease, and kind of give everyone a chance to uh, show that, I suppose. All right. Uh, so before that, though, is anyone? Is it, uh, there are obviously there are obviously some you know uh, things you could things you could look into. Uh, both of the previous adventure adventures led with uh, some unanswered questions, uh, to say the least. Um, but you, you know, you don't have to follow up on that. You could just let it be. Sometimes it's better to let sleeping dogs lie and to not poke your nose and stuff. It might just be might be better for you. Or you could, or you could just do something, you know, to your own advantage. It's also a good chance to like if you want to earn the extra money independently or to, you know, generally pursue any of your pursue any of your own goals that are not to do with the uh, not to do with any of this. So how are you all feel how how's everybody feeling after the treatment? I am sure Aisma feels terrible, but she has a mission. What are you referring to by her mission just to uh, to go back to the house at the end of mission two and oh, burn no. it down. Oh right. Oh right, you were gonna go and burn it down, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um I think this is one that would have to happen. Is right after the surgery. I guess like, that's true. In the we evening, kinda, we I guess we're doing it right afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, is is uh, 
uh, Zara the kind of person who would allow, like, does she let Aisma just roam around? I guess you can't really stop her. Like, she's not her mom. She, yeah, I assume that if, if Aisma still lives at an orphanage, that there is at least at some point in the day where they're not together. Yeah? Yeah. Would Aisma tell Zara that she wants to do this, or would she just go off and sneak off and do it? I don't think she's telling anybody, no. Well, why don't we why don't we why don't we do that first? Uh, since you know your your is the first speaker. If everybody's splitting up, then we might as well do everything everyone kind of on a separate basis uh, here. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go Aisma first. Obviously, you're able to find your way back to the um to the place you were at before very easily. Uh, you that's no problem. It's now it's now getting quite it's dark. It's a bit of a walk, if I remember. But that's about it. Yeah. It's getting a bit cold. It looks like it might rain. You feel like a little bit. Um, but you, but you come back to the place uh, where you, uh, everything was arranged as you left it. Everything was boarded up. Uh, the area, the building that was, uh, uh, cons, uh, where, like, business, it seems conspicuously silent right now. It doesn't seem like anyone is in there. That's fine. Uh, whereas before you could hear, like, do, do you need to make a roll to start a fire? I guess that's, uh, probably not. You can probably just probably do it. Probably not. I, especially since, um, me and Barnabas already gathered, or Bartleby, there's no Barnabas. Bartleby gathered wood and tinder during the session that's probably still there. You probably need to roll not to be seen starting a fire. Yeah, let's roll a stealth check. Yes, that's a good idea. Uh, I'll let you make it neutrally. No boons or banes. Okay, well actually I get a boon because goblins are naturally sneaky. Okay, that's good. All rolls to be stealthy just get a boon, which is nice. I rolled a 12, plus I assume agility for sneakiness is more than a challenge roll needed, so that's a 16. Okay, uh, you successfully managed to avoid a detection for any of the locals. It's a pretty sparsely populated, like, little sort of town-slash-village area, so it's not like this. anyone's going to be looking, yeah. anyone's going to be paying attention at this time of night. Uh, you usually make your way back to where you left all the tinder, and you start the fire. I uh, think the way I'm doing this, since we reboarded up the door um, to the basement... Is I'm just setting the door on fire and letting things happen from there. I see. I wonder how well this is practically going to go because mushrooms and fungus do not particularly burn well, and it's like a stone basement. I don't think Aisma is aware of how well mushrooms burn so, or cares. I'm going to make a roll about this privately to determine what exactly happens here. Sounds um, good. Yeah, you can figure out whether this worked or if I made things worse later. Are you going to stick around to see the results of your efforts, or are you just going to sk- skedaddle as soon as possible? I think she knows a little better. <laughs> this is this is extremely illegal and bad behavior, and she knows this, so as soon as she sees that the door is successfully, like, like the fire's caught and the house is going to burn, she's going to leave. Okay, well, Aisma flees the scene of her crime and uh, runs back to, runs back and heads back to the city. Behind her, you know, you can see the beginnings of a blaze forming around the building. Hopefully it won't destroy the entire entire little area. Hopefully, you know, someone will come out here with some water or it'll rain. Hey, uh, if it does rain, that would be nice. I mean, it'll suck for walking back, but I don't want to burn the city down, just this one house. Uh, it does not rain, though. You head oh, all no. the way. Uh, you head back into the city, and it is still a quite dry evening. Uh, there's a little, there's a bit of a, a bit of a damp in the air, but it is. Uh, rain does not happen. Okay. Um. I think Aisma's gonna head back to the orphanage. Okay. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about Aisma and the orphanage? Like whereabouts it's uh, lo- like what sort of scene area is it located in? I um, think it's located just over the the big. Oh, I forgot the name of it, the the, the canyon, the gap oh, that the, the Soul the big, Street uh, is Oh, the big, like, mining excursion uh, that yeah. leads down to the, yeah. 
that had a name. It's on the top of that precipice, but... Dallas Delve. Yes. It's at the top of Dallas Delve, and it's kind of close to the spine. Um, I see. But I think it's still in Vernick on High Fallow is the specific area it's technically in. It's just on the edge of that at the top of the delve. That makes sense. So a very, very dangerous place to build an orphanage. Oh, absolutely, yes. Where children will definitely fall in all um, the time. I mean, I'm sure there's a fence, but who knows how much that helps. Kids love climbing fences. Probably have games where they try and see how long they can stand up on the fence. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you could always like, boost your lifestyle of, lifestyle of outmoving out of the orphanage. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, uh, yeah, let's slightly. For the time but here. I mean, that's basically where I was going because I don't think Aizma actually. Well, I need to go back to the orphanage to get my venturing. So it's, it's a it's an open question as to if a literal child can rent property very easily. Um, um, I was actually thinking of maybe renting a room over a shop in the spine, seeing if someone needs an apprentice. Not an unreasonable. Idea. Oh, do you want to get a job? Uh. Yeah, basically. It seems like the... Apprenticehood seems the easiest way to get your own place as an or as a 12-year-old child. <laughs> that said, she is also a goblin, and goblins are small to begin with. I could probably bluff at being older if I wanted to run That's the true. place. You could, I guess the, I, I can't wonder... I'm wondering how much Aizma could pull that off, considering she has, uh, has something of a attitude. She is kind of rebunctious, it's true. Yeah. But I also have seven silver pieces, and I have info here that says renting a comfortable room only costs two silver pieces. Yeah, uh, so, so let's see if we can talk about it. So also in the session we're going to establish what living standards everyone has. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't shout out the demon lord. Living standards is sort of a catch-all mechanic for, like, basically how nicely a character lives. Uh, like, every, uh, well, a brief note on how we are departing from the rules as written of Shadow of the Demon Lord. Shadow of the Demon Lord is meant to be divided into, I guess they call them adventures, which are, like, sort of mini-arcs, uh, like, where basically a series of sessions where you go off to do something, or a single session if you are running a very short campaign, and there's a lot of things that are kind of determined by, like, the drumbeat of an adventure, including, like, you're meant to level up at the end of an adventure, you're meant to, you're meant to do certain things and gain certain things at the end of the end adventure. However, because this is more of an episodic campaign that we're trying to, that I'm trying to do, instead we're going to be doing that based on every time the group has it has a plague treatment, which should be roughly one to two months. Yeah. Basically, every every one every every uh, time that happens, every level up, uh, they have everyone will have to purchase a living standard to determine how well they are living, which will confer a few minor benefits. And I want to buy a comfortable living standard, which okay, um, I feel like. So Aisma's thought process is that if she walks into the orphanage with a money pouch with seven silver in it, it's going to be confiscated by the nannies. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. How corrupt is Aisma's orphanage? I think it's... Well, we just established that it's built over a cliff. Uh, okay. So it's not a good place. <laughs> are they, like, at selling children levels, or are they, like... I don't think they're selling that? children, but I think they're probably... Is it a workhouse or just an orphanage? I think it might be a workhouse. Okay. My my idea is that they took in a bunch of the goblin refugees that showed up, which is how Azma got here. Um, I see. From the the incident from two years ago. Yeah. So there's probably a bunch of other children of various races and such here. I think the nannies are probably mostly like academy folk. Oh uh, well, the academy uh, isn't like people I don't connected know. to the academy. No, yeah. So, making, like, cheap clothing. I don't think that they're, like, actively selling children evil, but I think they're probably, here, uh, make some clothes, here's a sweatshop and a sewing machine, figure it out. Level. Yeah, that uh, sounds about right. 
So Azmus probably spent some time messing up making clothes and getting scolded for doing it poorly. Um, okay. But she's gonna basically sneak in to get her adventuring pajamas from the laundry room, and then she's leaving. She's just gonna ditch uh, yeah. in the middle of the night? It's the middle the of the night. Day? I need to find a place to sleep. <laughs> okay. Um, the only place open this time of night is the Spine, which is always open. The Spine is the merchant district, uh, where there are... I don't remember if we've explained this before, uh, where there are, all the shops in the city are located alongside uh, pretty much anything, any kind of like re- recreational establishment. Yeah. It's a really long high street in the middle of the city, although technically there are a bunch of smaller streets that also fill the shops that are also part of the Spine. Yeah. It's kind of called the Spine because it's a single long street that snakes all through the city. And yes. it's got the little branches like ribs. Yeah. Um, and isn't it also like two or three stories in some places? Uh, like yes. there's just shops uh, built on top of shops. Uh, there is a second There is a second layer to the Spine uh, where there is a sort of a, a highway that has been built uh, through it. Uh, with more shops on top, on, on, on top of the existing layer. Okay. I think the place that she ends up finding is that lets her in as an apprentice is like a basic like a salvaging mechanics robotics sort of shop oh, like a used parts okay. shop basically and I'm going to be taken as apprentice to help dismantle things and keep the usable parts because I want to because minor spoilers for the future but my next profession I'm planning to take is saboteur understood I want to know how to break things good that's a surprisingly swift shift in I, I'm not sure if the orphanage is going to try to track her down or not like if they'll try to do anything I guess we'll find out later yeah I guess that's, that sort of wraps up things for Aisma for the time being. Who wants yeah, to go I'm next? Yeah, <laughs> I've done enough things. Everyone else have fun. Aisma is off starting a new life. Eh, Bartleby could go next. Uh, what is Bartleby going to do after being uh, discharged? Reminder that you don't have you don't have to be completely alone during this. You can go team with somebody else, or go fuss with somebody else, or go look into something on your own. You are free as a bird. Oh, don't say that. That terrifies Bartleby. I'm. Bartleby's going to go about the thing that he likes to do, which is making friends and helping people with no okay. no hidden motives at all. All right. How are you going to make friends? Well, the way Bartleby does this is he conjures things. Most of the things he makes are technological, but he can conjure some things like I have the ability to conjure feast. And so basically it, it's the thing he does. He finds random people that looks hungry up the street, invites them to some uh. public place like a park. So nothing creepy happens in parks, right? And I just, five people at a time, feed random hungry people, and the only thing they have to pay for that is listening to my ramblings. Alright, uh, that's, uh, that's not a, that's I just not realized, reasonable. after saying that, how odd that sounds. You're just gonna <laughs> go to a public space and, and just, like, uh... Set up an impromptu food kitchen for five. I, I think there's gonna be a method to this madness where he always invites one person who's been there before... So everyone has someone to look at who actually knows that the feast is coming. So it's like, if they doubt, is this poisonous? Well, that person's eating and they look fine. I'm shocked that somebody in this group is doing something that is unambiguously nice and not like <laughs> self-interested. I actually, you actually made a small mistake earlier. I mentioned earlier that you were impaired, that you were uh, impaired and fatigued, which should mean that you're doing everything with two banes uh, as a result of your treatment. Oh yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's unfair to make everyone do that now because I already forgot to do it for Asma. No, no, uh, I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna roll a d6. Actually, oh. no, my total was 17. Even if I rolled a six, yeah, okay. it's still 11. All right. So, um, is, what exactly are you, are you using mechanically to do this, Bartleby? Um, it is my ability 
Conjure Feast, which... It's just a spell. It's a spell. It lets me basically summon enough food to feed five people for a day, but the condition is it disappears after an hour. What was eaten remains eaten. Oh, the only problem I can see occurring with that, because that's not really something you can fail, it's more a problem with uh, you might get too much demand. Oh, that that's absolutely it. I can only do this like every so often. So you're probably trying to you're probably trying to avoid like getting two more people than you can reasonably feed, right? That that would be a problem. And I imagine the smell of confectionery cuts through the streets like a knife. I might have to fin people off while everyone else is eating. Oh dear. What kind of role would be appropriate for this? What kind of a stat would be? Bartleby has basically no physical abilities, so it's something he's gonna to have to like bull- bullshit and talk his way out of, you know. Okay. So that would be an intellect challenge roll or something, right? Uh, I think it's will if you're talking things out with people. Will The will challenge rolls always get me because I, my brain is always seeking for like a charisma style roll and a, and a name related to that. But it doesn't exist. No. Nope. So. Yeah, it seems where if it's something that's planned out, it would be um, oh. intellect. But if it's just kind of like off the cuff talking and improvising, it would be will. That makes sense. Uh, all right, so you're just going to try. So what exactly are you doing with your will challenge? Oh, well, um, there is some stagecraft to this also, because I needed to make it be known that this is something I can't do all the time. I see. And so, so I, I, I guess the first part of this is I'm trying to make this look dramatic for the people who are sitting here, but not dramatic enough to draw other people along. I see. Maybe like... Uh you discreetly lower all the decorations after everyone sat down. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, behind the shrubs, behind the shrubs, I can't see. Okay. In order for this to work, and this is complete BS and stagecraft, I need for everyone to tell me, and it's, I need to write a menu down exquisitely and just focus all my energy into that. And when I sign the bottom, that's when it, that's when the stuff will materialize, thus baking into the process somewhere for me to talk later on once I get an agenda. All right. This doesn't sound super difficult. This doesn't sound super difficult. It sounds like you have this pretty well handled. So why don't you make a? Um, I guess well, this will end up being a will a will challenge of only one bane because I was gonna say a boon, but it, but you have two banes, so it would cancel it out. Oh, that's not good. Uh, D- oh dear. Five on the d twenty, and with that one bane, I rolled a three. Okay, so not good even with this the with the regular roll. Um, but what's your what's your base will? My base will is two. Oh, hmm. Yeah. So, if I'm remembering correctly, that would be 5 plus 2 minus the 3 for a 4? Uh, in that case, why don't you... Uh, let, actually, let me flip a coin. You fail... Uh, you as a result, uh, you end up, end up going too far with your, your attempts to kind of over... It's kind of sell the fact that you have limited, only a limited amount of food, and you end up basically... You end up overselling it a bit. Not, not enough people come to eat all of it. People seem to, to be confused and put off a little by, by the demonstration. Okay. Uh, some people, some people still get fed and still have an okay time, but you, uh, it does not go as swimmingly as you would have hoped for. In that case, I'm going to adjust my strategy for next time I do this. Okay. And I'm going to say going forward, anyone who's eaten with me in the past can just come up and go, hey, you, you feeding people today? So it's not entirely based upon me finding people. I see. So you're going to ask these people to go get two friends and then they'll tell two friends. No, not friends. That's not how this works. <laughs> They need to bring someone they dislike, someone who's wronged them. They have to apologize and make good before I can feed them. There's enough people stepping on us, we don't need to divide ourselves. Yes, that's the most Bartleby thing. That sounds, uh, very selfless. Or very high-minded. Very strategic, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, let's say that you are still left, you are left, like, some small tips. Uh, so why don't you roll a 1d6 for, like, some copper pieces? One. 
<laughs> Sounds right. I'm sorry that you're having uh, bad luck. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I covered half my rent. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, that's that. So after you are done with your uh, food distribution endeavor, uh, what kind of living centers are you going to purchase, Bartleby? Oh, it's definitely poor. Uh, definitely poor. Oh, you're not. You're. Are you going to be? So you're going to go a little bit above destitute. I. I'm in the city now. I have to step it up. So for living expenses, uh, for poor, sorry, um, that's what I'm going to say, uh, you live in a t- you live in squalid conditions, possibly in a tiny rented room shared with others, and survive on meager stores. What kind of place do you want to end up living in, Bottleby? Oh, this is definitely a former supply closet in a warehouse that they just don't use anymore after the incident. After the incident? <sighs> um, part of the reason the rent's low is you're required not to ask. I see. All right. Well, uh, you managed to rent your supply closet, which I guess is, is okay. It's not too terrible for like clockwork, considering they don't have a lot of uh, normal uh, living needs, and that will serve as your home base from this point onward. Uh, according to the rules, uh, if you live in po- poor conditions or less, uh, you must make a strength challenge roll at the start of an adventure, which I guess would be the start of, which I guess would be now of if we're doing it this way. And on failure, you lose one object worth one silver shilling or more, but I'm not sure that Bartleby has any objects. Like, I'm not sure he owns anything, uh, does he? Oh, yeah, I have a whole list of things I own. Like, oh, really? I have a week's worth of... I probably gave my week's worth of rations away. But I have a water skin, I have oh. a tender box, I have seven torches. Yeah, I went actually and deleted a bunch of stuff Aismo was never going to use, like, the tor- like the backpack and water skin. Are any of them worth any, uh, any, any more than one silver shilling? I do have one thing that's worth a lot. Okay. And that's a small mechanical spider that Bartleby has carried for a very long time. Okay. I mean, couldn't he lose money? Oh, you could also just be robbed, yeah. Yeah, that works too. It says an object, but that's, uh... Well, there's this one coin worth one silver shilling, and it looks like a silver shilling. So, make a strength challenge roll. Alright. Uh, Bartleby. Still with those two Bane? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that this happens after you, uh, someone after the next 24 hours, so you can do it about the Banes. Okay. Well, this is gonna be really good because my strength is minus two and I just rolled a 10. Okay. So... At some point while living, uh, at some point while living in your closet, uh, you are robbed, and uh, they will roll to see if they take money or they try to steal your prized object. Okay, uh, they just steal. They, you are just robbed. Your your money is just taken. They steal all of your money that you've left in your in your closet, and you lose it to a silver shilling. Okay, reasonable. A reasonable robbery. Yeah, they only took what they needed, which I guess was everything I left. That's so sad. So, one more question, since I kind of do like all the city districts. Which district is uh, Bartleby's warehouse oh, closet that's in? that's true. Yes. We should know that. Probably the Bloodworks, because that's where the... Well, we've been to the Bloodworks a couple times. Most of the industry times, is there. Although, the swap over there is a little bit of overlap with Winwick on High Fallow. There's some industry well, there, too. I, I'm sure it's the Bloodworks that... There's rumors that it was named because of the incident, but that's obviously false. I... Oh... What is what kind of warehouse is this? What did they make? I don't know about the old times. That's also part of the agreement. I can't ask now. It's a cannery. Oh, I wouldn't want to. I do they have to put, put like a warning on the label on all the labels? Everyone that works there knows. It's just I don't know. I haven't put any thought into this other than an aside a couple minutes it's ago. Okay. So I don't know what it actually is. I think I'm it's just sorry. I just I think just, vagueness no, is just... funny. <laughs> No, I think it's funny, too. I... Hey, you're at Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Um, that was definitely going through my head. And I was also trying to think, what kind of factory is a little tiny monster made of hands living in it? 
I feel like if it's a cannery, it'd be fun if it was like fish, because we've only seen land-based meats. That's true, we haven't seen any fish yet. Or we're quite far from the sea at the moment. I was thinking that because of the incident, maybe they swapped to only doing, like, canned pickles to avoid <laughs> ever having similar incidents. So, so there's just like a giant pickle? Like that giant pig from the first session? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have Zara go okay. next because I don't think she's really going to be doing that much. Uh, she's Nobody's followed up on any of the two uh, plot leads from the previous two sessions yet, if you wanted to do that. Uh, you I mean, I kind of did in my own yeah, way. Yeah, I guess Aesma kind of did in a non-constructive way. Yeah, I don't know what um, more I so... can do there. That's kind of this whole thing now. I think that uh, Zara is probably going to look for a modest place to, uh... I mean, I feel like she probably already had one. Yeah, that's fair. She's probably... Just continuing to pay the rent on it. And I'm gonna stick with the, uh, getting by level. I see. Do you have any specifications in mind for your, uh, rented place? Like, is it an apartment? Is it a small building? I assume it's something, uh, pretty basic, because one, uh, I think Zara's not used to what we consider, like, living it, like quarters because she was either A in this in the hive or B on the like out in the wilderness so it's probably like a a bed and not much else kind of situation there is a underground district underground part of a uh, of, of a city uh, where a lot of the subterranean dwelling creatures live but you might be more likely to be discovered there so it could be somewhat uh, somewhat risky I mean, if you just want the standard slums district, Vernick on Highfalla, where we spent our yeah. last two investigations, is the place. Well, getting by is probably a little bit, a little bit better than a little bit above that. Yeah, uh, these sort you'd, of... you'd have a nice room in Vernick on Highfalla. Or the Stemgate and uh, the Spine are both places which are kind of middle classish. Stemgate, by the way, for the folks at home, has the nickname Ghostgate because nobody lives there. <laughs> it was people are supposed to live there, but they don't. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It'll actually come up in another later on, so let's leave it at that for now. But the I don't know. I think that what her business would be somewhere cheap but not terrible, but also like and not a lot of people. Yeah, the stem that gate sounds like stem gate that. to me. It's completely. It's almost it's very empty. All right. It's, not many people are going to come around. All right, let's, let's do it then. You can probably actually rent quite a spacious apartment there, with the only yeah. disadvantage being that it is like. Uh, eerily silent at all times. And it's very far away from everywhere you get, like, groceries and go to work and stuff. Which is why part of why no one lives there. Yeah, let's go for something like that, then. But, but we're also gonna go on the assumption that she has already been there for a while, at least. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do as well? On top of that, uh, you could, uh, if you want to buy something uh, with your money, uh, you could also talk about that. Or, uh, I uh, could look into getting a better weapon. Though I only have daggers right now, right? You have a hand axe and two daggers, if I remember right. Okay. I think that's correct. You're more on top of this than I am, Gnome. Yeah, it's because I bought the weapons for him. <laughs> <laughs> what was the route uh, that I was going in? Was it was it the one that was, that is better, that gives me a bonus if I eventually go get a gun, or...? Um, you can you have a bonus with any type of weapon, period, because you're went with warrior. You just get an extra boon with all weapon attacks. So the better the weapon, the better, period, no matter what kind it is. So yes, a gun would be good, but those also cost gold. 
Did we ever talk about what classes everybody had picked? Uh, or did we end up not going over that? We might have casually mentioned it last session, but I don't think anyone really went uh, too much into it. This is a spell bird, I guess. Yes, which is a subclass of warrior that... Well, you get spells. <laughs> Eventually. Spells will happen. You, no, you already have two. Or three spells. Oh, oh that's right. Even. We yeah. kind of, like, kind of, but not kind of skinned them as, like, uh, The main thing with Spellguard is that they only ever learn one tradition. They never learn more traditions like all the other spellcasting types. So you will only ever have wind magic, which is fine, because that lets you fly, which is what we got it for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know what? Maybe Zara will look into uh, getting a gun or something. Okay. Um, guns are quite expensive. If you, if you are... Yeah, unfortunately they are. Okay, never if we're doing mind. This, mm-hmm. uh, no, we can, you can try. If we're doing this, uh, I don't know, I'm basically going to let people just spend the money in the books if people want to just buy a weapon discreetly, like, off a session. But if you want to deliberately take the time to go and haggle for one and try to find one at a cheaper price, then we can, you know, there's options. I mean, what are we talking about silver-wise? A pistol is five gold. Oh, yep. It's quite expensive. A pistol... Okay, I don't think we're gonna... You probably could get a better melee weapon than your hand axe, though. You could, yeah. Um... What, okay, what, are, what, what kind of prices are we looking at for hand axes, then? Well, your hand axe um, was one copper, I think. Okay. One, it was one silver, and you already have it. Yeah. You had it from before. Uh, all melee weapons are actually quite cheap. Um, yeah, they're all either one silver, five silver, or one gold. How, how high is your strength, uh, Azara? My strength is... 12. Okay, so there are also military-grade melee weapons you can buy uh, that require strength 11 or higher that are more expensive okay. and more powerful. Uh, and these are things like battle axes, flails, morning star, picks, or swords. Uh, well, there's a whole list here. It's on page 104 of the original book if you're interested. Mm-hmm. There are also swift melee weapons that require agility 11, as well as uh, heavy melee weapons that require strength 13, which you do not have. Yeah. You're one stat point off of both of those, um, which means you'll be there at level three, but that's two levels away. If you want to keep going with, like, the main hand, offhand stuff, your best bet would probably be, like, a sword or a battle axe. Mm-hmm. One-handed, 1d6 plus two damage base, and then with your offhand weapon would become 1d6 plus three. Ooh, those are five silver, though. That's most of your money that you got recently. Yeah. I don't, maybe, I don't think, maybe it's a, a bit too soon. You could try to get a cheaper one if you wanted. Um, yeah. You could try to scour for a better deal. You might find a bargain. Or you might get mugged. <laughs> Let's see what we can, if I can find a deal on a battle axe. Okay. Um, why don't you roll uh, intellect to see if it, for the initial part of like trying to find like a just a, a, a place. And this will be a, a standard challenge, so no boons or banes. I feel like this thing of having you have having you both ha- having you have these banes is unfair, like because Broadly, it's a bad time for you to be doing like all of your catch-up work. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that, that uh, since it, it, it wasn't applicable for either Bottleby or for Gnome, I'm gonna say mm-hmm. they don't count because okay. I feel mean. Zara went home for the night and is doing the shopping the next day. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's probably gonna be a day or two's gap before this time, this session. Because I was expecting people to like go. I kind of was expecting people to go and do like go on sort of mini adventures this time, but I guess that's not happening so much. So I have minus one to my intellect. I rolled an eleven. Okay, I believe that's that 10. just about passes. Yeah. Um, after spending after spending a little bit of time searching for bargains, you come across a dubious shop uh, that is uh, you know kind of off on the side street. 
no, no, he doesn't have a very prominent sign. You know, have to, you know, it's like a written a written board in the window that advertises weapon like high grade military weapons for cheap. Uh, you come in and a rather gruff looking man greets you and he shows you the merchandise, including uh, one of the, the thing you're looking for, which is uh, you're looking for a sword, right? Maybe, well, we'll see what he has. Maybe a, a sword would be, would be fine as well. Uh, you examine the uh, you examine the uh, the weaponry and the weaponry and it does all appear to be of legitimate high quality. Do you see like you know, you notice that, that some of these seem to have like the marks the markings of like the Sibelsburg town like town or city guard that have been like crudely removed or scraped away and also there is blood on some of them. Uh, so you're I a little see. bit suspicious of the contents here. Well, I know much I see what's going on here. They're stolen goods. Not necessarily stolen. They're just. Repurpose. Well, I mean, they, they presumably stole them from the guard that they killed. Not all of them. Not all, all, all the merchandise here is from the guard. They all, but they all seem to have any that have identifying marks have been clearly removed. There's a lot of strange, mm. strange modifications made to the stuff here. Uh, but it is quite a bit cheaper. It is only priced at free silver shillings. Mm. See, they're just bootleg swords. Don't worry about it. You could try to further haggle him down if you want to, or accept that price. We already spent the silver for our living expenses. You only spent one on living expenses, so yeah, you have a bit to spare now. So that leaves you me... actually still have nine silver left. You're actually probably the richest person of us all. So that's, that's so I'm starting with nine. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't lost one. That's yet. nine after you spent getting by. I've been uh, playing with your money. Oh, you had ten oh, at the start of the session. Because I, I was going to update this at the end. But I, I didn't even know where it was. If you had, if you um, hadn't told me, I would have double reduced everyone. So that's good. <laughs> I don't think Zara has the intellect to bargain. Well, you can also try to bargain physically with your strength <laughs> by being intimidating. Uh, um, hmm. I don't know. You could get into a fight if it does not go well. <laughs> but you could also get it for cheaper, which, and money is good. Well, well nothing I to make sure I'm, I'm just mulling over my head is, would Zara really care about having a stolen, like a clearly stolen sword? Or repurposed, or it does like, sound like a source of future trouble. It could be, but you know, not many people are probably going to pay attention to that sort of thing. It would probably only be a problem if somebody confiscated your weapons for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that will never happen. But also, would Zara even notice it? Because I don't like. Would she even be familiar with the standards of the town guard? Zara's kind of a bit of a, a foreigner to this club. I mean, she would probably notice that the weapons have been, like, there's probably, like, a, a sigil, there's probably, like, a very obvious hole where the town guard sigil has been scraped off. Mm-hmm. Or pulled out. I'm kind of mulling it over too much. Let's, you know what, let's... Uh, you just put your purchasing it for free silver? Well, how much... Um, uh, actually, I need to look at the damage as well, just to see what the difference is. Uh, battle axe and sword are in the same category. They're both identically statted. 1d6 plus 2 damage, one-handed weapons. Yeah, they give an extra point of damage compared to the regular battle axe, mm. which damage points are quite, like... The HP values in this game are quite low, so that's actually not too mm. bad. Let's see. Well, but the, it says on my character sheets, uh, 1d6 plus 2, which is the same as the... Sword no, that's because you're using the hatchet plus dagger combo. Yes. If you use the battle axe plus dagger combo, that'll become 1d6 plus 3. I see. That's correct. Can I, do, can I do hatchet as a offhand weapon? You could also, yeah. It could be battle axe plus hatchet. It'll still be the same 1d6 plus 3 damage, but it'll... Uh, I see. That's what, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, let's see. And then I can use the dagger. I can keep the daggers as thrown weapons, right? Yeah, that's true. You could use the dagger as a, um, a throwing knife or okay. something. 
The advantage of having four arms is you could do that while still keeping your other two weapons <laughs> in your main hands. Is it worth trying to... I'm trying to see if it's worth trying to wish. I feel like Zara wouldn't even consider it. Your strength is pretty high. You could probably be like, this is clearly stolen, and like get him to drive the price down if you gave it a shot. Yeah, I feel like you're the, the devil on my shoulder. Being like... <laughs> I mean, you know, risks are fun. Let's do something interesting for once. Okay. I have a plus two. Was that a Yahtzee cup? That rules. Yeah, guess what? I rolled a four. Okay. That doesn't rule. Um, I'm not intending. I'm just, what I'm doing is I look at the sword like, huh, this, sir, I think your sword is broken. There's, there's, a, there's a thingy, there's a thingy here that is missing. The man is a, the man like, the man puts on a front of being like extremely offended and extremely like angry that you've like dared to call into question the standards of his business. <laughs> Is he, just like, is he just throwing me out? How, how, he's not throwing how, you out. He's just, he's like, he's like being very aggressive. And uh, eventually, uh, um, eventually it gets to the, like, the argument begins to like get, to get to the point where like you are two, you two are kind of just sort of snipping at each other. And it's like, a, like, it's sort of relatively low key. You have, uh, you have, an, and eventually he says that he's going to have to charge you an extra, like he, he makes up an arbitrary tax to the set, to the sale as basically an act of spite towards you, uh, which will cost an additional three copper pieces. And you can either accept this, or you can escalate the argument further and try to make another strength check to make, force him to back down. Let's see how the roll goes. <laughs> yes. I've rolled a 19 with my bonus. Okay. Nice. Uh, as you eventually, like, once you, you, you kind of just get up in this guy's face and, like, maybe you make it clear, like, maybe you show, like, they pull out your, like, put your hand on one of your weapons and just, uh, mm. he backs down for, he backs down a little bit. He realizes that this is, a uh, this is out, this is, a uh, over his head and that there's no one, he hasn't got any guards here today. He offers mm-hmm. to sell you the weapon for only two silver, piece, oh, silver pieces. Alright, deal. Pleasure doing a business with you. Uh, you've successfully bought a very cheap military-grade battle axe uh, with only some small problems. Uh, I'm going to have it be a sword instead of an axe. Oh, so I, I, already, I have a okay. hatchet, so I think I'll do what I'm going to do is military sword and then a hatchet in my offhand. And, and a dagger in my extra, uh, third and fourth hands. So it's it's I don't I guess I'm not I can't really do anything with those but that looks cool. Roll, gotta look cool. Is there anything else you want to do, Azara, before this is uh, before we move to someone else? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I'll probably head home for the day, hoping that uh, Azma has not gotten into any trouble while I was out <laughs> shopping. <laughs> Very naive. Um... After seven eight mutters something about how apparently they don't need bedside manner here at the academy as long as they don't have any beds. Well, you technically could not fit in a bed, so you... Yes, but this has been happening to everybody, so... That's true. They have a bit of rest to uh, to get over the effects, because even though some of what you described doesn't apply to clockworks, it still is not comfortable. You're not feeling good in a way that is very kind of deep and uh, yeah. difficult to put your finger on. So that needs a bit of rest before, you know, moving on, but the next day, basically such that the the veins are no longer an issue to okay. keep parity. Uh, let's go to the library, because we have a lead to look up. Oh, right. You, uh, you still have that book. Um, well, we don't have the book. I don't, anyway. Someone else might. But I have a number. You have the withdrawal number, right? Like the number it was stamped in when they pulled out? Yep. And we need to, like, go there, check to see what's going on as far as, like, how does that work? Is it possible to look up the information regarding what that number ties to? 
when you try to, when you return to the academy the next day, uh, you meet with Abigail, who has sort of been set up as your kind of ha your handler uh, for the for your role here. Uh, if you remember, Abigail is a girl who worked with you on your first mission. She asks why you're why you're back here uh, so soon because she didn't tell you to come back until it wouldn't tell you to come back until you'd fully recovered a couple days later. Oh, I ran into something that needs a look see. I see. Something in the library that. Uh, seemed out of place. The or library. rather something that wasn't in the library and should have been. I'm not sure what exactly you're trying to imply, she says, looking at you with a firm expression. Do you mean you found a book that was uh, overdrawn? Essentially, yes. I would be interested in knowing what information there could be as to who checked it out, because it was in a place that was very unusual. Show it to me, please. I no longer have it. She uh, regards you with an expression of like skept like kind of skeptical wariness for a moment, like this is going to bring trouble. But eventually, uh, she leads you into like a side into a side room and says, "I was going to give you these out when you when your group returned in a few days, but I suppose there's no harm in giving it to you early." Uh, she hands you a uh, sort of a, a small silver badge. This will identify you as a guest at the academy and allow you some limited access to the facilities. Please be on your best behavior. Of course. So that gets. I guess wedged or otherwise pinned somewhere prominent. Yeah. Uh, pinned somewhere on your on your chassis. It goes on the poncho. That seems more appropriate. So, in order to get to the library, uh, you head uh, for the first time to the property of the academy grounds proper, uh, which contrasts extremely vividly with the rest of the city. They have an almost surreally wholesome atmosphere. There's lots of cheerful, robed students roaming the campus. Lots of very like artistically looking artistic looking buildings that are not at all oppressive. Uh, people got like lots of people gossiping, eating, generally enjoying their youth. It's a little bit off-putting how just how nice it is. <laughs> I suddenly understand why Chance is the way that he is. The library is at the back. It's one of the older buildings. It's like an old sort of old stone construction with a big domed roof. With a couple of more modern wings kind of added on later. You enter the building and the receptionist is a sort of an aging man with like a kind of like slightly like partially balding head, a little bit a little bit thin. Scale, like a little bit emaciated looking. Uh, he's mm -hmm. reviewing some notes as you enter. Ah, hello. He looks up and like says, "If you're here to make one of the automated deliveries, uh, you need to enter through the back entrance." No, just indicates the the oh little badge and points you're, out. Uh, you're mm. I see. Pardon, I did not mean to cause offense. Um, I was wondering what the system is regarding the checkout numbers. Are you looking to? Are you looking for a certain book? I'm afraid you're not. You're not able to. You're not permitted to check things out from our library. You can feel free to browse if you like. I guess that's fair. Uh, what's the system that would be used, however? How do the numbers actually correlate? Uh, for when people are taking out books, well, yes. uh, we. It's quite simple. He seems uncomfortable around you a little bit. Like he's uh, he's got a bit of a nervous look to him. Whenever someone takes a takes a uh, book out of the library. Uh, we assign that uh, loan a number, uh, which we then stamp into the into the book uh, at the back page, and then we also keep in the record of that on our system, along with the name of the, of the of the person who has taken out the book. It's quite simple, very standard even. Okay, seems sensible. I'm guessing that the repository for that is not active, like it's not literally at your desk for anything older than today. You mean for any, for any books that have been taken out? No, we have a. It's in the archive in the back room. Why? Oh, 
I'd run into a case where there there was a suggestion that there was a book that had been missing for quite some time, and people were worried about it, and all that had to be uh, gone by was apparently something regarding the numbers, but there's no sense in trying to look that up now, not, not under the current circumstances. If it comes up again, I'll bring it up to you. Do, do you have the number? Or the book? I have the number. I don't have the book. I could check into the archive to see whoever who took it out, but I'm afraid I would I would need a would need written permission from one of the uh, professors for that. Seven eight not being in the least way a subtle individual is not going to be able to like sneak this out. That seems more. Um, I would say Azma, but no, that's Zara's tile, isn't it? Azma would just kind of barge in and also can't yeah. read. So I think for now. So it's just going to go, well, thank you for your time. I'm going to simply see what I can browse for the time being that's within, you know, direct interest and then call it a day. What kind of book and are you looking for? Most likely, Seven Eight's going to be looking into anything involving advanced metallurgy practices or potentially studies into some of the... Uh, the soul-related aspects. Probably more the former than the latter, because those second books might be in the restricted section, depending. Metallurgy. The Academy obviously, like, has, uh, well, the Academy obviously has, like, books of all types here in the library, like, there's, like, some, uh, some fiction and some history, even though those are not strictly related to the subject, although the vast majority of books are related to, uh, uh, soul magic and magical disciplines in general. You are surprised by how easy it is to access a large number of this. Like, there's a lot of information that you can just look at without it being, like, without it being in any way restricted. Uh, you do find hmm. some books on metallurgy. I'm assuming you're looking at uh, books related to metal. You said you were looking for books related to metallurgy and, uh, yeah. like, soul, soul magic specifically. Basically, just seeing which are available. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to ask, how exactly does uh, Seven Eight like, look at books? I'm kind of uncertain how you mean. I mean, with their... They don't have hands, right? Oh, wait, they do, don't they? Oh, they have hands. The, the, they, can stand, the, they can stand up vertically. The front limbs are technically I that. also hands. I'm sorry. And they can stand up on them, and it kind of looks like a bear, but with more hand-like hands. Of course. Please forgive me for my misremembering of okay. Seven hands. Uh, they do have a, they do have some uh, some books that are open uh, on the topic, uh, like a few that to talk about basic uh, basic like uh, about binding souls to uh, to like objects and specifically to metal constructs. Building uh, mm -hmm. building the construction of a, how to build a clockwork clockwork at this point is quite like open knowledge. Like it's not something you need to have like a spec permission to know. It's like you think you can basically anyone could look up. That's in here as well as like the uh, construction of like what metals but will act react to souls in certain ways. I mentioned earlier that silver is known as the metal that that is best to use for constraining souls in a specific place. Uh, so that is often used as like the core of clockworks in particular. You find a lot of a, a lot of information that like probably wouldn't be too difficult to get. Um, what specifically are you looking for like in terms of knowledge? Uh, is there anything in particular you're trying to find out? Originally the metallurgy search was just going to be to see if there were any new practices that had occurred that would be like an upgrade to their own knowledge of uh, oh. blacksmithing. But the the fact that the soul magic stuff is so easy to get a hold of means that stuff that's more likely to be tied to that is of interest. Uh, 7-8 actually has no silver in their construction at all. It was built using a completely different system that wasn't really built around the idea of constraining so much as giving a home for a new soul, and so finds a lot of their methods to be um, brash and unnecessary and rather crude. 
A lot of the books here are like rather archaic, like the academy, like the, the restricted section would probably have much more sort of like advanced, like modern ways, although you suspect they would also become somewhat uh, abrasive in nature. So mostly this visit, in addition to being a cover for the fact that they just barged in to find out how the filing system works so that other people can sneak information out later, is also basically reinforcing that uh, times have changed and the new times are very concerning to 7-8, as this is not how anything worked back home. And again, it has been literal thousands of years. Uh, afterward, basically just putting things back on the shelf, um, waving to the... Uh, the receptionist for a moment before heading back out, and I guess probably heading out to the spire. I don't know if there's any blacksmiths that could use an extra hand in the uh, in the spine. You're looking for a, an apprenticeship as well? Maybe an apprenticeship, but it's probably going to be one that very rapidly moves to, yeah, you know what you're doing, because this is something that they've had for a while. Because it sounded like Aceman was getting like just a more of a learning role, but you could possibly look for like just a regular job to do in between your work. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Either getting a job under someone who already has something in blacksmithing or setting up as a supplier. Because apparently there's a lot of places I that see. could use metalworking. Actually, maybe that would be the best way of doing it. Basically just set up one of those things where you live in a shop that happens to have the workings for a forge. Oh. We could, like, give you free living standards at the condition of, like, you start with a certain condition sometimes or something. I guess it would amount to the same thing. Like, if you want to, like, pay for your accommodation with a, a job, we could bend the rules in that sense. Like, you don't have to pay money for your living, but you do have, to, like, some kind of disadvantage. Uh, but I guess we could probably ha hash that out later if it would be easier. Yeah, for the moment, um, I'm just going to say, like, uh, paying the one silver. Um, two, if, two if you want me to also be purchasing, like, the tools for the blacksmith trade. Well, if you're just getting a job there, like if you're, you're just get if you're if you're taking a position rather than buying, like starting like doing it yourself, then, then the you tools could probably would be use the place. tools as long as you're in that place. Yep. Okay. We can probably hash out the specifics and if it costs you money or not later, but you're just going for the standard living conditions, like getting by. Pretty standard, getting by one silver. Okay. I will go ahead and subtract those off my own sheet, and that seems like a sensible thing. So place somewhere in the spine. It's hard to really gauge exactly where anything is in the spine exactly. It's I, probably close to... I have like to... a map of the city in my head, but I have no artistic talent, so it's a bit difficult to convey to people. I could try making a very rudimentary sketch of it. I would imagine either way that it is on what was originally ground level, not in one of not in one of the terrifyingly like underground areas that's gotten dug out. There's probably a lot of competition uh, in Sibylsburg of just like because they have, this is post-industrialization, so there's probably not a lot of, like, re real regular blacksmiths left. It's probably a lot of factories where it is done semi-autonomously. Yeah, but you still have to tailor certain stuff. Probably more of a prestige business now. Is that all you want to do, then? I think that'll finish it off, since I just got a big old plot hook. Now we're living in roughly the same place. So, Arden, uh, yes. I think, what, what's, what is Claude doing during this time? Uh, that you clearly are aware of. <laughs> yeah. That I, I clearly was listening for. Yes, um, exactly. Claude had midterms, and he is very stressed out about it. Um, so she's like, look, I know that you guys need treatment for th your thing, but like, I have exams, and I really have to study, and Claude has a lot of things, but he is not a bad student. Um, so... Uh, Not a conventionally bad student. Yeah, well, you know, aside from the time when he broke that kid's nose on his desk, like, he's 
been a really great student to have. Like, pleasure to yeah. have a class written on all his report cards uh, until the incident. Towering highs and devastating lows. Yes. That sums up his entire life, really. That's probably just what he was up to. He was learning and uh, trying unsuccessfully to, like, get invited to study groups with people, um, but they will not talk to him anymore. Uh, the other students okay. are very scared of him. Reasonable, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, considering the circumstances. Do you want to buy anything? Is there any, like, maintenance work you want to do before we talk about your living standard and so on? I did not even think about this. You could buy some souls if you wanted. They sell them. I made a chart. Did you see it? No. God, we say soul so much in the fucking planning for this campaign. It's a real fucking nightmare. Um, a soul burns. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. Please don't make that joke. I won't be able to play this anymore. Okay, I found it. I'll pin this message and say you can now, now know uh, how much it costs to buy souls. Thank you. There you go. This will be very important for me and only me. <laughs> yes. And also how much you can get for selling them, which oh. other people will also be doing. Honestly, I, I think... I think he's good. I think I'm I'm good. I can't I can't okay. particularly think of anything that he would like need that he does not already have specifically. Cause he has a lot of stuff in his equipment because he has he started the game with seventeen wealth and that gives you a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, then I guess we can move straight on to talking about Claude's living standards. Uh, so we've already just, we've already discussed this before. I believe Claude's living standards were wealthy. Yes. Uh, so, do we want to talk about the specifics of how Claude pays and how where Claude lives exactly? Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I feel like comfortable might fit oh. more for while he's in like the dorms. Oh, because your living expenses oh. can change from during downtime. So I think while he's in the dorms, he's living like a comfortable lifestyle because he's like trying to blend in with his fellow students. It's not working, but he's trying. Um, whereas like. When he goes back with his parents, it's, like, rich. Like, it's, like, a tier above wealthy. But for now... I understand. Yeah. Uh, well, the dormitories are, like, right outside the academy in the same district. Uh, what did I call it? Old Sibalus, which is Greek for Sibylsburg. Okay, there you go. The other thing is... is <laughs> I was going to say that he does have a room all to himself, which is very nice. Another unexpected perk of the incident uh, <laughs> at the college was that uh, nobody would room with him after that. Um, that is a perk. It's like a it's a perk a in, a, in a very sad way. Um, yeah. And he tries to pretend like he's not bothered by it, but it doesn't feel good. Like, I don't know. I think that's it for him. Uh, I'm sorry it's not more exciting. He's just like, his day to day life is very boring and unassuming until it's like not. Uh, <laughs> uh, that leaves only Riley left uh, and Chance, who we have heard very little about, this mysterious figure. Yeah, I'm wondering how we should split this up. I think maybe we'll do first uh, chance finding his position of living first, and then later when everyone's gathered up, we can invoke his case. Has Chance arrived in the city just recently, or is he has he been here for some time? Oh, he's been very recent, so... Uh, so he has just come, so he must uh, secure accommodation. Uh, chance obviously has sort of specific needs in regard to where he... Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is going to be living. So you want, you want to talk about that? All right. Okay. So I guess I can just say that I've already been looking at Stemgate because as it turns out... It's very empty? Well, there's one wording here, uh, one sentence here that really got got me interested. Oh. Uh, no one will even hear your screams. Stemgate, yeah, that's uh, that was maybe a bit melodramatic on my part. I was trying to convey the the horror of living in like a uh, a failed urban development. 
the generally uh, it's uh, it's just really really empty and also there's like it's also a bit hard, hard to navigate so it's actually it would be quite appropriate for someone who is like you know needs to be do certain things discreetly uh, yeah well, let's just put it occasionally out. dispose of a body well they don't die yeah I, I know but there's you know sometimes you get a little bit too eager right and that's how it goes I've played Vampire the Masquerade well well, it depends on the person, I guess. But yes, what we're getting is that Chance needs blood to survive. And part of uh, doing arrest is that you have to spend one blood point, And every time you feed, you get one blood point. Uh, at low levels, you are you have a very low, low blood point levels. They so. just straight up call them blood points, huh? It's very on the nose. They, they <laughs> do call blood points. And this is how you also heal as a vampire. I'm not sure how you want to do Chance's regular feeding. I'm okay of just saying that Chance obtains food in the same way that regular people obtain food in between sessions, without like getting making too much of a fuss about it. You all sustained yourself in your respective means. I'm not sure what Zara eats. Uh, I I don't know either. I guess fruit, sugar, lots of they have sugary foods, fatty foods. I guess the same as humans, really. Pretty much the Dracula there. Giant aphid milk. Um, <laughs> what kind of place are you looking to get specifically in the STEM gate? So we kind of talked about this before, and Chance is going for a wealthy lifestyle. Okay. The STEM gate doesn't have a lot of wealthy properties, so you're probably going to be, like, there's only, like, a few big houses here uh, that, like, are meant for people who are... Well, I figured that there'd be a pretty nice place to rent out that's given STEM gate's reputation. Chance is able yeah. to get on the cheap, at least. But he's probably going to aim for something that's a little closer to the borders of the other zones. I see. That means Zara are neighbors. Yes, that means you live quite close together. So, wow. uh, the stem gate borders uh, the stem gate borders the bloodworks, uh, the spine, and also uh, the other uh, uh, district that hasn't come up yet. Um, but it's the district for like fake creatures. Did we name that one? See, I have a I have a paradoxical problem where I love to name things, but also I'm terrible at remembering names. <laughs> uh, it is called Ubton, named after the founder, who is a goblin called Ub. Lovely. Well, I was aiming more towards the, probably the spine, I guess. Okay, the merchant area. That's probably the most affluent part of the of Stemgate, where because it you know started off as just a development at the back end of the city. Um, the closest properties of the ste- of, ste- of Stemgate are probably by the river, because the river runs through this district as well. Ah, good. That said, while you and Zara are technically neighbors, it's also the biggest district, which is part yes. of why it's so empty. So you might not even be that close. It is together. extremely huge. Uh, the backstory of the Stemgate for anyone who is not uh, who what am I saying anyone who is not familiar as if this has been conveyed somehow to our audience <laughs> magic is that the city was uh, as Sibylsberg expanded rapidly during the industrialization of the continent uh, people like a lot of like land speculators bought up a bunch of a bunch of land outside the city and built a bunch of stuff there because it was you know they were assuming it's the boom to keep going forever uh, the boom did not keep going forever uh, so now there is a lot of empty buildings that all kind of look the same, for miles. And it's described as grid-like and pretty maze-like, so... Winding and disturbing, uh, due to the mean... I guess winding is the wrong word. Like, it's a grid system where they just randomly decided not to actually finish the streets, so it's basically a winding maze. They have a lot of, uh... They also have to work around the river to an extent, so it's probably a bit erratic in terms of overall shape. And a bit, a bit questionably planned in general. I, if you've ever seen like the uh, the ghost cities uh, pictures in, from China, that's what I had in mind when I was speaking of the STEM kit originally. Okay. But yes, that should be entirely reasonable. You're getting an apartment or a full building. That's a good question because I am living wealthily, so I might be able to get a small building to rent. You can probably get like a small uh, townhouse to rent with uh, with uh, rich. 
Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna have to go for. Okay. And it might be a little tempting also for a certain party that I'm looking to join. Just as sort of a base. I see. You know, you gotta have you gotta have like nice nice sort of a uh, nice lodgings to lure in your victims, I guess. It's like the opposite. Um, it's like the opposite of the vampire problem where they cannot enter buildings unless they're invited in in other media. You can't eat people unless you invite them in. <laughs> Although the way our party is made, would we really even be tending to a vampire? Feel like clockworks and bugs and. I feel like like only humans in the setting can be vampires. Like they're the only ones who can be turned. And we don't really. We only have claws, so it's a very. Do they only have human blood? So the rules say for creating vampire, it has to be a human because you make a, fan- a human as your base before you apply extra vampire rules. Yeah. But for drinking blood, it just says creatures. I assume like things like clockwork are not going to be obviously. I assume you can probably drink the blood of anything biological. It isn't like something really yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, if it has blood. That, I'm not sure if you have blood, Zara. I know bugs usually don't, but that's because they're so small they don't need yes. it. Yes. Uh, I feel like Zara probably has something like blood, yeah. at the very least. It's something similar to blood. A blood-like fluid. It may not taste good to a vampire, but it's yeah. so, a, a viscous liquid. Don't worry, I'm not gonna drink your blood, yet, ever. With that cleared up, uh, for everyone, what do you want to, what do you want to, what do you want to discuss next, like, now that you've established? Because like, we haven't really talked about where Chance even, what Chance even is doing, or... I do want to invite the others over oh. to my place, and I think the best way to do that is with my one of my professions as informants, so I'm able to okay. just find their places and drop a nice letter out and where to find him. Oh, you don't get any servants of Wealthy, that's a shame. I was going to say you would have your servant write it. Like, the master the master, instru- the master invites you to, and so on. Yes. Yeah. But no. Okay. So everyone, uh, everyone receives a note for everybody receives in their mail somewhere or another. I'm not sure how it, exactly it gets to uh, gets to Bartleby. I assume it's just pushed under uh, the door of his closet. We don't speak of that either. To this mysterious location uh, by the riverside, uh, at, this, the, at the top of the stem gate. This is seeming suspicious. You don't say. Does it have like a seal or something, or like an emblem? Oh, it is definitely sealed with the house of my master and lord. It's a extremely bad sign. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Take a chance. Imagine, like, all vampire sigils are, like, roses with blood dripping from them or something. Or, like, you know. <laughs> this letter was, like, pushed under Bartleby's closet door. It was put in the workshop that uh, Yao is working in, or that 7-8 is working in, and then also given, to, I guess, Aizma's new master, since I became an apprentice recently. And then also just shoved under Zara's door. I said, no, Zara probably actually has a mailbox. Yeah. Zara's the only one living like a normal just person. Just a question of whether she looks at it. <laughs> Zara puts on her monocle to read it. Not sure why Claude did not get invited. Maybe Claude is just not cool enough. Yeah, if they want to bring him along, we can fill him in Chance later. forgot about him. Yeah, this, this is some like, oh, we don't need your chaperone. It's, it's cool. Looks like so far you've picked mostly people who either have weird blood or no blood. So as a result... The one person who has blood that definitely would be functional, you didn't send an invite to because it would seem weird, I guess? Aisma definitely has normal blood. Yeah. Goblins probably taste a little weird, but it's like regular yeah. blood. We're just weird people. I kind of imagine people. that goblins have blood that tastes to vampires like soured milk. Rude. I don't, I feel like it wouldn't be like sour... It probably wouldn't be like soured milk, because that's like something nobody would like. I feel like it'd be like acquired taste sort of thing. Like... Maybe mm, eggplant. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like eggplant. Or like cottage oh. cheese. 
Not everyone likes cottage cheese. What's elf blood taste like? They truffle oil. Something Ugh. pretentious. Something ridiculously expensive and acquired taste. I was going to say something like strawberry jam. Oh, just super sugary. It tastes like gold leaf, but it does. Okay, well, uh, I feel like I don't have very much authority in this scene uh, because this is uh, this is your your place which you are defining the rules of. Yeah, I guess we just start with uh, who shows up at the time and place stated. One of us should probably like meet up with some of the others. I where was Zara staying again? Were you at in, in the Stenberg? same area? In the same area. Same district, chance. but it's a big district. I'm just picturing, like, you know how in One Punch Man he lives in an empty city full of monsters? Yes, that is exactly what Stamgate is. But the monsters are you and Chance. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Bartleby's that guy that shows up 15 minutes early and berates the others for being late, even when they're right oh, on good. time. Yeah, you've, you've known each other for about two days, I think. It's in the um, name. I have to operate like clockwork. So I'm not sure how much you even like each other over the other than Zara and Aizma. That said, well, Aizma can't read. That's the big issue oh. with sending her a letter. <laughs> I did, oh, my, I'm picturing the, the it's the uh, it's the Arthur meme where she's got the sign. Is like, well, what? Too bad for you. I can't read. Maybe Aisma's letter is pictures. Like it's. Uh... <laughs> well, I was gonna say actually, maybe she got her boss to read it to her. Yeah. Alternatively, um, would Aisma have made enough noise in getting a position that Seven Eight knows where she is? Yeah, I was thinking, since we're both in the Spine, and we're both actually working in, like, the same, probably the same region of the Spine, since we're both doing metalworking stuff. Yeah. Except I was thinking that she definitely lives on, like, a second or third story building, because she's a risk taker and How a fool. How did this child get a job metalworking? She didn't. An she's an apprentice. apprentice. I mean, she, she is not paid. Uh, also, I don't want to presume anything about, like, the probably non-existent paternal re- or maternal relationship that has been developed between Aisma and the person she became an employee of two days ago, but I feel like <laughs> if you read a letter to a child saying, like, small child, please come to my secluded estate this afternoon, but I'd like to have you for company, I feel like they would have something to say about it. <laughs> I feel like the moment a letter from an adult showed up at a child's house with, like, a map to their house being like, hey, hey you want to come over? Like... Every guard in the city is oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I feel like, I don't know how protective boss would be, but probably enough to be like, hey, this is a bad idea. Uh, I should probably name this character who suddenly entered yeah. Aizma's life. <laughs> suddenly the most important person around in your life. Yeah, who suddenly replaced Zara as my fake parent. Oh, um, no. Well, maybe Man. not replaced. My, my, my second mom. Oh, now he's supposed to collect moms. <laughs> so yeah, the two options we have are either 7-8 acts as protection and verifies, yes, I got one of those two. Yes, it's pretty weird. We should probably stick together if we're going. Yeah. Or Aizma stays put where she's not going to be in as much danger. Okay. So I looked at the core book races, and while the obvious one that isn't in our group that would work make sense as someone working in Salvage would be a dwarf, I think it'd be more fun if they were a changeling. Because oh. then they also I, they oh, also yeah. have to deal with my iron vulnerability. Yeah, so. them, I mean, changelings also have iron vulnerability. Yes. Yeah, so that would be very hard to be... Oh, that right, but it means okay. that they would know how to teach me how to work around it. That's true. Because it's not like we can't work with iron, we just can't work with iron with bare skin. Yeah. Elder weapons usually use a lot of bronze. Yes, that's Just imagining I, I end up 
showing up, check in on Aesma, and I don't see Aesma, I instead see this being completely clad in leather across everything that is the same height as Aesma. I wonder if she's just, like, openly a changeling, because that'd be kind of fun. Like, she's just, like, a wood and mud person yeah. with, like, ant- deer antlers. Even in Sibylsburg, that would get you some degree of prejudice. Okay. It's also, like, a, so, a district okay. specifically meant for people to live in who are, like, fey and want to be, like, not treated shittily, so... All right. Then she's going to take advantage of the fact that she can be whoever, and she's going to be a pretty blonde woman who specifically is that kind of pretty that people really like. I see. Which varies based on who comes in. But also extremely jacked. I'm thinking Winry Rockbell in my head is the immediate look. <laughs> That's her, her general aesthetic for blending in. And she probably took me in because I'm also a fae. We gotta stick together in this weird city. And neither of us are an Upton because we're weirdos. Actually, she's in metalworking. It makes sense she's not an Upton. Can't afford it because it's too gentrified. And I should give her a name. Okay, we can probably handle this uh, later if you want to, because I want to just get along too. Yeah, yeah, let's get along with it. She read me the letter. <sighs> I want to go. I think Aesma's going to go anyway because she wants to go. Okay, Aesma is making the bad decision. Aesma is making the bad decision. She was told not to go. She's going anyway. As you as you travel, you notice that there are newspapers that report a catastrophic fire that destroyed most of the village outside of town. That's a shame. <laughs> You, you don't make the connection? No, I think she does. As long as those moss zombies are gone, it's an acceptable loss. Was the shop next door also destroyed in the fire? I'm going to say that uh, it probably was mostly destroyed in the fire, uh, but there were no people inside when it was destroyed, uh, because Khan had already skipped town <laughs> after that had happened. Oh, oh man, they're gonna, so they're going to pin it on him then. <laughs> That is the logical proceeding of progressive of events, but no, let's, uh... Cool, well, it's insurance fraud. They didn't even have insurance. How weird. Uh... Is anyway. get away with that scot-free? Like... <laughs> I mean, I'd like... I'd hope they get away scot-free. We'll see. It was extremely hard to catch arsonists in the pre-modern era, and it's still extremely hard to... It is still extremely hard to catch arsonists. It's one of the easier crimes to get away with, actually. Because you we can just set just it and leave. We rely on a society and the only idea that people won't commit fires for fun or for stupid reasons... Yeah. And we just, you know... Because fire is bad and dangerous. If everybody decided to break that rule, there wouldn't be much of society left in a little while, so... As it turns out, in the society that we are constructed here, you don't have cameras at every corner, so you don't have evidence of these kinds of things. Yeah. But anyway... I would like to think, at the very least, this society has outlawed gender reveal parties for this reason. <laughs> anyway, hey, I guess 7-8 probably... See Zezwa, you were saying? Yeah, like I said, like you are not leaving the district without 7-8 acting as protection, because like, this seems weird. Aesma's cool with that, because you're big and strong and cool. Trying to see if I can get enough time to make something a little more effective than this big stick as an option. I'm thinking something like a big clock hand. I mean, your big stick deals more damage than everyone else. <laughs> that is true, but it's still not a glaive. So I guess we show up after Bartleby. There was a time on the invitation. (laughs) I can't read. I I thought she wasn't going, and then she was, and then I had to make sure that she wasn't going alone, because gestures at at house. (laughs) But the time says... Anyway, it's nice to see you. Hey, Bartleby. How you been? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I got a job. Oh, that's horrible. I break stuff now. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I make stuff. 
I think I got the better job. Are these connected? Are you undoing what she breaks? I don't think so. I think occasionally we get salvage that comes from her thing in order to make it yeah, into other things. Yeah, I think I break things. stuff so, so yeah, 7-8 can make the stuff. But a lot of other stuff comes, like, sometimes we get actual, like, ore and have to run it through a bloom. So that probably didn't come from there. I have the strangest feeling that there should be at least, like, one other person here. Yes, hello. Zara says coming out of the, like, the hiding spot. <laughs> the hiding spot. It was waiting to see if you idiots actually showed up. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that you were here early. Yes. Okay. So only one of us was actually on time then. Yes. So why do y'all get letters? First and foremost, Azma, why? This is clearly a trap. Because if it's a trap, I got my knife! I think she's sitting on top of 7-8 and, like, just pulled out the knife and started waving it. Like, like someone would wave a sword on top of a horse, yes. This is an extremely pointy child. <laughs> the pointiest child. Just a ball of pointy bits. Anyhow, I guess one of us should knock. Wanders over and doesn't bother touching the knockers, just bangs on the door. You hear a clang as Chance actually drops his harp while he's playing. Hello. Ah, it appears the party has arrived. Hello, come on in, come on in. Hey, you're that weirdo I almost stabbed. Yeah, said you're the weirdo that almost stabbed me. Yeah. Wait, what we heard, was that you with the harp? Ah, uh, yes. I didn't know you couldn't play. <laughs> I feel like Viral V is determined to make an enemy of everyone in the entire party. <laughs> like, he... I don't know, Aizma loves this guy. <laughs> you need to understand the limits of your tools before you put them to use. Well, I like to practice so I can extend the limits. What's the thing that you're here for? Besides noticing that this is actually quite a nice house. Yes, it is. Thank you. I'm sure you all have uh, similarly lovely places. That's how you are affording this cure, right? How is a chance uh, decorated the building out of curiosity? How, like, on-the-nose vampire is it? Oh, so much on-the-nose. So everything's in red and black. Landscape painted a painting of like a mountain castle. It might be of our old home. Now, now, I invited you here because I, I need your help actually. How much you paying? Depends on what you want. Five hundred gold pieces. I don't know what you're asking for first. Money is one thing, which I'm sure we can afford. But there's also other objects that I'd be glad to assist you in. However, please hear out my case first. It's very rude to interrupt, Bartleby. I know, but I'm letting it happen and not commenting on it. I, I appreciate your apology, though. <laughs> ah, in any case, I had heard that a group has recently been obtaining treatment for a certain plague that has been brought up. Yeah, it sucks. Don't do it. Unfortunately, I have to. Turns out that I have also contracted this mysterious plague. During this time, Chance is starting to pluck on his harp a bit. It almost seems like a nervous tick at this point, but... By the way, uh, you guys are still referring it to just as generically as the plague. I just wanted to remind you that the plague is referred to popularly as the demon blight. Common word, common name for it that everyone has. It turns out this isn't some simple illness, otherwise I would not have contracted it. Of course. Ah, you already know my secret, do you? It's less that and more that two of us also kind of aren't organic. Ordinarily, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I've never seen a sick robot before. Oh, we can be pretty cool. Yes, your group is especially trustworthy, I should say. Ta! 
I don't believe that for a second, but neither did I at first, but Enchance pulls back his mask and revealing half his face is covered in a really gross it almost like the portion of his face above his nose up to the forehead is covered in a red pus-like substance. It almost looks like blood. And it almost looks like it's flowing. Gross. Put your face back on. So as you this is the mark of vampirism. As he puts his mask back on. My uh, people are not very happy about the fact that we are able to be afflicted, I guess. Susceptible. Susceptible is right. That's yeah, it. That's good. The fact that we're susceptible to such a disturbing aspect. Well, quite frankly, I'm the only vampire being allowed outside right now. And that's why I need your group's help. I know this uh, treatment is a bit odd. What I'm lucky for is anyone within this institution that can administer this treatment, for better words, not flab about the fact that there's a vampire in town. Well, there's this one weird kid who ended up in our group at one point. I say kid, but, you know, I've been around for a while. They did not seem to be here today. I tried to reach out for them, but... Didn't see them when I was uh, checking in the library, either. Hmm. Maybe sick, maybe avoiding exams, maybe avoiding work in general. Ah, classic college attitude. Or maybe, maybe he's just not smart enough to come eat a vampire in the middle of nowhere. It's good that Ace was self-aware. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, we know his proclivities. He could just be stealing someone's umbrella right now. <laughs> okay, I'm going back to my offer. 500 gold coins. I would not be asking of this for free, of course. Yeah, I want 500 gold coins. 550. Bartleby thinks it's an auction. <laughs> Where did you get that little sign? And why does why does it say 13 on it? I'm just always prepared, don't question. Do you even have a single gold on any of you? No, I'm not paying you 500. I want you to pay me 500. No, it sounds like you want to pay me 550, according to bo- your clockwork friend here. I was upping the request. So this is where it gets a little complicated. I'm trying to appeal to everyone and how I might assist them. I'm trying to see how I can do this by offering the song magic that I have. I know with Bartleby, I could be like, help people resolve differences, because... I could offer you something that I actually want, if in character I happen to know you can do song magic. Oh, because you could tell how Chance was playing. That's not usually how you play a harp. Oh, that's right. That was definitely a fugue. Your Bach is much worse than your bite. Can you broadcast loud, like, on a global scale, or a citywide scale at least? Well, I can make it go for quite a bit. In a distance, is there something you want me to say right now? I can do <laughs> Oh, no, it's good. Okay. Um, if I give you a specific phrase to say at a certain time, could you do that? Of course. Whatever you want, I'm in. Thank you. And what about you, Zada? I am uneasy about this situation. Perhaps you need someone to assist you in combat some at some times. I do have these. How about you have two helps instead? Two helps. Two helps. I don't know, 7-8, you want to help Zara fight things? If it means getting rid of this plague, we, I suppose, I shall be taking Greater numbers or greater help, and we still don't know enough about this plague to know what happens if it runs its course. Yeah, that's the fun part, is I don't know how to cure this thing either. Like, the Academy says that they can do the thing with the Demon Boy, but, like, it sucks. Now, I must ask, first of all, you have you been... have you fought yet before? 
first thing they had us do was go after some thing they let loose. It was spooky. And we're not entirely certain if it was, like, anything what they said it was. It seemed pretty fishy. And it was hiding inside all the meat mountains. Oh, don't remind me of those things. And what's up you? Let's hope pointy one. 500 gold coins. <laughs> I was afraid you would say that. I suppose you wouldn't accept a cut of the money I make every time, would oh, you? Oh, no, no, no. I know. I have a phrase for this. Um, my boss was telling it to the other person. You could pay in installments. I think that would be reasonable. I'm not sure what exactly Fred Chance is getting into huge amounts of debt for at the moment. Like, what, are, what is the party going to offer him? Essentially, the whole thing started with, can you find someone who is involved with the Academy who can apply this without letting out, like, okay. the fact, hey, this person is a vampire. It's kind of a pity Claude is not here, because he'd really be the person to ask about this. It would I think be, that yeah. would basically be the sinker. <laughs> He's also probably the other one who matters in this conversation, which makes Aesva even more bonkers that I'm getting him into debt. I'm going to try to get on everyone's good side here. The plan is to all peer pressure Claude when he next shows up, like, collectively. Yes, correct. More or less, yes. <laughs> you can do some interesting things. Apparently some kind of odd magic involving that harp. Not too shabby in a fight. Okay, okay. And now to see how quickly, how many, like, days and weeks it takes for Azo to forget that you are 500 gold in debt to her. <laughs> how often are people going to remind you? I'm on it. I hope some people remind <laughs> I will put that as part of my character. Being 500 gold in debt is, uh, you know, not great, but it probably won't have to be paid back, so it's probably okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to be paid back right away. Don't worry. It's okay to get into... It's fine. Well, I think Aizma's a little young to do fine. proper mafia racketeering, so you'll probably be okay. Yeah. I've lived for, like, 221 years. I... I'm familiar with this. <laughs> and this is your first time being 500 gold in debt to a child. I'm surprised that Aesma is not seeking dark power instead, considering her objectives. Uh, oh, uh, that's, that's fair. right. No blood magic. Um, I don't think to, blood magic is interesting. You have to kill it now, as it's commenting. Yeah. No, that's fair. Aesma might be going in different directions than my original thoughts. We'll see how she goes. Well, let me know if there's anything else. I'll... And what? For 7 8. You're good with song. How good are you with books? I've read a few. Thousand. That sounds promising. I have concerns about this academy. We only really need to stick around with them for long enough to get rid of this demon blight thing. But uh, I really don't like their attitude towards making or towards working with clockworks, and I think that they're bad for basically people's souls. And frankly, I think we might be better off with your help than theirs in the long run, but we gotta do both, I guess. If you can find out more about what they're actually up to, let us know. I'm definitely gonna keep 7-8 back a bit when everyone else leaves, because that's definitely topic to topic to talk about, but Chance does agree to this as well. Isn't that basically your specialty anyway? Information gathering? Yes, it is. We can probably skip that uh, right, that right now as Chance pulls 7A to the side a bit. Mm -hmm. Now, you seem like the uh, more reasonable one. Your cause for the clockwork is definitely res resonates with my the second step of my plan. Which would be? It seems like the 
This treatment is being withheld intentionally. It's rather expensive considering how effective it supposedly is and how useful it would be for stopping this thing. They clearly use treatments as a way to get people to do dirty work for them. They're pretty brazen about that, yeah. I am not the most morally good person here, or my sustenance of life. But I certainly cannot stand and let people just be inflicted, or even controlled, in order to cure this. So, I think we might have reached a partnership. I must meet with this Claude at some point. You want me to bully him? I'm sure you can find a method and try not to cause too much trouble. Well, why would I cause trouble? Because you're spooky? Because it's fun? Besides that. <laughs> uh, let's say that the party has uh, begun conspiring together uh, in some dubious way, and has made their intentions clear, and it also seems like a chance has established themselves from the group, even in a slightly unconventional way. Uh, so for the time being, uh, we can leave it at that. And with that, I think we've gone through everyone's uh, everyone's personal personal affairs for this uh, freeform session. And uh, next time we will return with a regular adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, and uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Sorry. Catch you later, folks. See you next time. Good night. Nice.